Welcome to CPF Firewire, a podcast from California professional firefighters where we discuss a wide range of issues affecting firefighters, our unions, our families, and the communities we serve. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of CPF Firewire, a podcast from the California professional firefighters. I'm Brian Rice. I'm the president of the CPF. And today... We're joined by our governor, Gavin Newsom. Um, He's been in office for nearly a year now. In that short amount of time, he has done more for California firefighters than any of our previous governors. And uh, Governor Newsom, just thank you for taking the time to be here. I know you're probably a little bit busy right now. (laughs) We're putting, in fact, literally this is the week we put next year's budget uh, together. It's due this Friday, and uh, it's an honor to be with you, and particularly, Brian, to be here uh, at the governor's mansion. We're in the breakfast room in the governor's mansion. This was remodeled by former governor Jerry Brown. Um, a lot of great history here. 14 governors lived here, uh, but a lot of remarkable guests. And you're quite literally uh, sitting uh, around the table that John F. Kennedy sat when he was asking Pat Brown for his endorsement for president of the United States. Uh, remarkable history in this place. And uh, I'll tell you, it was a real treat for me uh, being here a year ago during the transition mm-hmm. and having Governor Brown walk me through, tell me a little bit about that history specifically, uh, that proof point, because he'd grown up a little bit when Pat was here. And, you know, he had Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan, who infamously said after living here just two months, this place was a fire hazard. And she moved out. <laughs> so it's appropriate, Brian, uh, that you're here, here. <laughs> with that history in mind. That is funny. I, I worked with a couple of fire captains that grew up in downtown Sacramento, and they have stories of trick-or-treating here when they were little kids. Well, it sure as hell looks like a haunted house, so I get it, man. By the way, we turned it, the kids turned it into a haunted house this year, and we brought all these these wonderful school children through. By the way, that was a pretty intense time because you'll recall Halloween, we were spending a lot of time together uh, with those, you know, another string of wildfires up and down the state. And let's, actually, let's go back to last year. And um, I'll, I'll jump around a little bit, but I kind of want to stay in the wheelhouse um, where, where we met. And um, you were governor-elect and put a call in. And this is what a lot of people don't know. We called you and asked, you know, would you come up to the campfire and um, do a couple of things? Bring whoever you need to. It's just you. No photographers, no nothing. A lot of the pictures that people saw were ones that we took. Yeah. And, and the reason for that was, you know, it, it was twofold. One, um, there was a little bit of get to know you. That was, you know, mm-hmm. uh, probably our deepest exposure to each other at the mm-hmm. time. But really to see and know what firefighters do because we met a lot of firefighters on the line. You know, yep. we made it a point not to give you the dog and pony show, but to go out and and see kind of where the rubber meets the road. And I've always wanted to ask you what your um, what your impressions were of that. And then I got a couple things that I remember that I'm going to see if you, you do. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's remarkable. Just a few weeks back, a year ago, um, when I took that... Um, well, I came, uh, was governor-elect, 
made my way up to San Francisco, my first press conference in the Tenderloin in San Francisco, across from St. Anthony's dining room. And I was intending to talk about homelessness and housing issues that sort of defined the political moment. And I had my staff whisper over to me, said, you may be asked a few questions. There's a fire up north uh, that sparked last night, um, a place called Butte County. I said, oh, I know where Butte is. It uh, wasn't defined as the campfire at the moment. And they said, we, we are hearing stories about something going on near Malibu. Just be aware of those two things. Little did we know the acuity that moment. I was not only uh, the governor-elect at that moment, I was also acting governor. Governor Brown was out of the country. And so this issue came to the fore in pretty intense and acute ways. Uh, you uh, you um, were generous enough to ask me to visit, but you didn't want me to visit too early, appropriately so, because we didn't want to get in the way of the firefighters right. uh, and address the obvious legitimate concerns of safety for all of the men and women that were on the front lines. And you also uh, were prepping me, I recall very specifically and indelibly, uh, the fact that a lot of the folks that I was about to meet had also lost their own own homes uh, and were directly impacted. So that was um, that was a pretty intense experience because uh, we never had a wildfire like that. 85 lives lost, 18,800 structures. Um, the damage was rather jaw-dropping. I'd been up there at the coffee uh, fire, up there at Tubbs Fire, and a pretty good sense of what devastation at scale looks like, but not nothing prepared us for that. And and you're right, we were there when, you know, those down poles and things were still yeah. sparked and very Things very were still raw. burning. Still, we were still burning and, and people's emotions were running high. Uh, meeting some of those folks that hadn't slept in days mm -hmm. uh, at the station. And, uh, you know, everybody's sort of feeling everybody out, especially a new governor. Who yeah. the hell is this guy? Is he going to support us? Going to have our back? Does he have a clue of what we're really up to, what we're doing? And that was a pretty, pretty awesome education for me, not only to appreciate uh, just the heroic effort that was demonstrable on that site, but to also have time to spend with you to broaden that narrative about what the hell we can do together to make sure we never experience a scene yeah. like that again. And I think at that point in time, you know, you know, the initial, there was potentially a thousand people missing or unaccounted for. It was probably, it might have been a little less than that, maybe seven or 800 people when, when we were up there. But there was, even for me as a firefighter, you know, it, it we've, we don't lose whole towns. And there was that feeling of, it, it was surreal because nobody really knew how many members of the community we lost. Right. And it, it, it leads me into, Something that I that I watched you. We went to one of the very first evacuation centers, and you'd said I want to go to an evacuation center, and so we we went to one. I'll never forget this. Um, we made our way through, and and you're the governor of California. People want to get a little bit of your time. They want some reassurance, um, which um, you, you you really did. But I will never forget. There was an elderly lady towards the end of that time, and if she wasn't in a hospital bed, it was pretty close to it, and you were talking to her, and I heard her saying, we didn't know, we didn't know the fire was coming, we didn't know, and, and my memory is my memory, but I, what I remember is you turning when you were done and, and saying, that's not gonna happen again. Yeah, yeah. And that was when I kinda, it, it clicked for me that um, this guy gets it. Yeah. He, he, there's a connection here, but it was it was a look, and that's going to kind of lead over into um, 
what you did within days, within hours of taking office in January, not quite a year ago. Um, you corrected me once on the number and you might do it this time, <laughs> but my memory was about $417 million. One of your very yeah. first press conferences. Yeah, up in Placer County, up near Auburn. Into, into um, uh, wildfire response and preparedness. What, you know, what drove you... What drove you to that commitment? I mean, it sounds kind of stupid because we had so many huge fires, but... Yeah. I mean, look, I'm intellectually connected to this. And obviously, you know, I spent enough time over the years being a former mayor, deep respect and reverence for our firefighters and the work you guys do. Uh, obviously, as lieutenant governor uh, and experience these historic 2015, 2017, 2018 historic, 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 and the devastation most acute uh, that we were able to personalize because of those tours together. By the way, I'll never forget one of your folk, one of your guys told us, I think we were in Chico, uh, where I also saw the incredible work that your union does to take care of their members by providing those emergency uh, gift certificates and, and uh, cash. And one of the guys, uh, when we were going up, we hadn't been up there yet, said, whatever, uh, you do, don't forget this, what you'll see, you'll never unsee again. Just prepare yourself for that. Uh, that, was, that was a pretty intense statement. Yeah. And that goes directly to the point of all the people that we didn't know had lost their lives or you'd be, we'd walk over someone uh, and see stuff that you guys see all the time, but guys like me never see. Anyway, those indelible experiences, those moments led to that first week in office led to a sense of deep responsibility and accountability to have your back and to have the backs of folks all across this state um, and to make sure this never happened again. And so we put up the money, but more importantly, we put a plan uh, into play. We went uh, up into Placer County in an area that is consistently rated among the most vulnerable communities near Colfax uh, in the state of California. And it was also a point of emphasis as well. Was, that's a county and a community that didn't trust me. I'm not a naive. Right. They didn't support me. Uh, they didn't have, you know, they weren't enthusiastic that I won the governor's office, but damn it, I want to make a point. They matter. I care. I don't care if they supported me. I got to keep them safe and I got to represent these folks. So it, in every way, shape or form, it was symbolic and a substantive moment to make the case for all Californians that we have to do more. And as governor, I have to do better than we've done in the past. Well, you, you, took, it, um, you took it a step farther and you contacted our foundation mm -hmm. and that contact was... Um, Rather than have an inaugural ball or a party, I would like to have a benefit concert yeah. um, for the survivors of, of the past two fire seasons. And out of that was um, California Rises. Yep. And, you know, when, when I first got the call, it was, I was, holy crap. <laughs> you know, it was, a, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And then we started diving in yeah. with your staff and you know your that effort raised four point six or four point seven million dollars. Yep. And then working um, with your staff, we got that back into the communities. I think we still have a little bit more to go, but it was it was doing it in a way. It's like I told you, when we're done, I want to hand you a book that shows exactly where every penny that you 
You put your money where your mouth is. I want you to know where it goes. And um, that for us, that was pretty unprecedented. And, you know, um, for you to have that thought to do that and and not not forget us. We were just a vehicle. We just happened to be the vehicle that could partner in this. But the difference that 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 effort made in California, um, it you just can't quantify no, it. it was it was awesome to to partner with you guys and and also just to to see again talking in in reverential terms just the deep um, uh, respect that your the the folks the first responders broadly defined but subsequently the firefighters uh, received uh, during that concert and uh, recognition tribute to the incredible heroism uh, and the victims themselves and their family members and a lot of the kids from the community that were displaced and impacted to bring everybody together to raise that kind of money uh, and to make you know that money by the way probably would have gone here to repaint the damn walls, right? Which is what the inaugural <laughs> committees usually do for protocol funds to make the mansion look more of like a mansion. Uh, how awesome was it that we were able to actually put those dollars back uh, on the ground and do it with with your eyes, the lens to which you guys see the world truly bottom up in a way uh, that folks like me get filtered so that that money was going to good use and had the confidence that you guys were the right vessel, the right platform to make that investment. It, um, I can say this, I've watched some of the partnerships that have developed out of, the, out of that. We've talked about it a little bit, watching um, uh, after the um, Tubbs, Atlas, uh, Car Fire, Camp Fire, and then watching some of the, um, I guess you'd call them adversaries or foes, you know, the, the, the um, environmental side and the timber side, and watching, um, not everybody, but really watching some key players start to come Together and one of the things that you did, um, um, fast tracking uh, yeah. the ability for not just government but private industry and the timber industry to begin to um, uh, do some more focused vegetation management. And are you seeing those partnerships continue? Yeah. No. What was so you know. We did an emergency declaration before an emergency to fast track these vegetation management uh, uh, projects, these forest management projects, all around a focus and a lens on equity. And this is something that was unique and novel. Uh, we, we identified 200 vulnerable communities in the state, and we identified the vulnerability on the basis of socioeconomics, uh, people that are in mobile homes, people that don't necessarily have access to a vehicle, uh, senior communities that just have mobility issues more broadly defined, or just have don't, don't have points of access in and out of a community. And we layered that in with a vulnerability assessment. And those were the 35 first projects we prioritized with this emergency declaration. That ridge up and near uh, Placer County, mm -hmm. near the American River, they were saying that was a 10 to 15 year project if we had gone through all the old damn rules. And we were able to fast track that. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm good environmentalists. They weren't all particularly pleased with me for doing that, but Jesus Christ, this is people's lives at risk. Yeah. I'm not gonna be another damn funeral saying I coulda, woulda, shoulda because of some asinine process that, yeah, may have a, a purity result, but what we can still do the right thing for the environment and keep people safe. And I think we proved that paradigm. Vast majority of those projects are not underway. The vast majority are now complete. There's one or two where some of the longstanding permitting uh, has been a little stubborn, but I'm really proud of that. And we moved past the old binaries of environment versus timber. And as you said, we 
followed up with some serious money, over 200 plus million just in the forest management, vegetation management, and then hundreds of millions more uh, to augment that through different tools, technologies, and the like. It's, it, I mean, t year to date, I think in wildfire response and preparedness, your administration is, is between 900 and a billion dollars. Yeah, close in, to a billion. Into that effort. And it's kind of, it's interesting because as I'm a boots on the ground firefighter, <laughs> I, I have this job that I'm elected to and, and um, you know, represent the members at a state level. Sometimes it's hard um, when you're, you know, you're on the engine, you're on the truck to see that. But um, I believe that um, we will begin to see the benefits of that. It's, it, some, some of these things are an investment yeah. and it takes a little bit of time to realize. And I'll, I'll ask you this, I think it was end of July. What prompted you to add um, I was 394 firefighters to Cal Fire. What prompted yeah. you to do that? Same thing. I mean, those the, were sort of that was the budget that allowed the surge capacity. So we got the new engines, new personnel. Uh, but look, we all recognize we got very lucky in the early part of this fire season. We had that deep snowpack and that melt that really helped us significantly. But we kept saying this fire season is going to enter into that September, October. And remember, it was November, mm -hmm. uh, the camp in the Woolsey fire. And so in anticipation, and my gosh, thank God, in anticipation, uh, we, we put those personnel out there and pre-positioned an historic amount of engines in key and vulnerable communities. And we saw the benefits of that in some of the big saves. And you guys are in the save business. I say about politics, unlike baseball, we don't get credit for saves. Um, but firefighting <laughs> and the work you guys did pre-positioning those assets, uh, these were fires you contained under 10 acres that didn't become headlines. And you were able to take these things out Dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds, Cal Fire, broadly took these things out that never became the Getty Fire, never became the Ronald Reagan Library, the Simi Valley Fire, didn't become these other sort of branded we didn't iconic about. fires, and certainly yeah. and obviously the one we experienced up in Sonoma County again. So that's, that's we need more of that. It's not, look, no one's naive, this, this ain't um, cheap. I mean, no. there's big investments here. So it's technology. We got new LIDAR, te LIDAR technology, new artificial intelligence opportunities, or more predictive analysis, more cameras to allow you guys to get out there quicker. Uh, we also got some new Pentagon technology we're able to access for the first time in years. We got the 109 million from the new Black Hawk helicopters, get rid of the old Hueys, the seven C-130s that we're outfitting. We're getting those things striped uh, as we speak, the first one coming in. We got that first Black Hawk just a couple months ago. Uh, so we're we're doing more than ever. 911, moving from analog to digital, that for years that was stubborn, yeah. wasn't getting done, finally got that done. So, you know, damn, there were a lot of good things we seeded, but you got to keep this stuff you up. Stay at it. And that's, that's my obligation as I look at next year's budget, look at the headwinds of an economy that's slowing down, and how can we architect this in a way that even with the recession looming, that we can hold the line literally, not figuratively. Not lose um, the gains. And not lose those gains. Yes. Um, and kind of switching gear, this one kind of cracks me up because you brought up the C-130s and, <laughs> and, you know, we, we, we see the 747s and these yeah. big aircrafts and, and the mnemonic or the moniker on them is VLAT. Yep. You know what that stands what for? What does it stand for? Very large aircraft. Yeah, no, it is. Very large aircraft. That's what we always say. <laughs> Call that it what it is, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, finally, some human language. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, 
Last year was a um, really an unprecedented year in the in in the area of behavioral health, yeah. and you you were a very big part of that. Um, not only with uh, AB eleven sixteen, the peer support and confidentiality, but um, SB five forty two, Henry Stern's um, PTSI presumptive, and I don't know. I, I there's part of me. I don't even know if you really understand what you did by signing those bills to um, really um, help, not just help firefighters, um, but police officers too, because it's public safety. And to really put at the forefront um, our issue with mental health, we, we go through, you know, our guys are exercise fanatics. They they work hard. The guys and gals work hard to stay in physical shape, but we haven't done so good over the years with taking care of our mental health. Yeah. And what I know that those were those were somewhat personal to you. What what made you take that kind of a a, a deep stance on those? Uh, brain is part of the damn body. I mean, you know, it's, you know, and if we need to treat brain health just like we do physical health, and there's nothing, nothing, nothing shameful about it. Look, I, I had a, a grandfather who spent almost five years as a prisoner of war, was um, in World War II in Corregidor, came back and blew his brains out because he never recovered because of the post-traumatic stress. It's a little bit, you know, a little intensely personal to me and how that impacted my mother's life, not just generationally, and, but it also impacted my, my, my consciousness on this issue. When, when one of your members said, what, you know, be careful, you know, what you see, you can't unsee, that triggered an indelible mark it's of consciousness, right? I mean, and... Being down there, I remember when we were down there um, with you and we were down in Ventura uh, when we were also visiting Woolsey and I saw those dogs. I said, what the hell are those dogs out here for? And walked over and man, that was, I don't care who you are, you can be the toughest guy in the world and listening to those guys with those dogs express saying the folks that they, you know, were able to open up that got down on a knee and started petting a dog. These tough guys have been out there days, you know, and all of a sudden they start breaking down. Jesus, man, that's why it was easy to sign that bill. Plus, I promised you I would do it. And that's a promise made as a promise kept, a man of my word. Well, I, on behalf of all California firefighters, um, thank you is not enough. It, it, it kind of goes into, you know, we're in the holidays. We're just before Christmas. And holidays, traditionally in the fire service, can be some of the hardest days you work because it seems like, um, what happens on, on a on a daily basis? The things that firefighters and police officers see every day it just it magnifies um, because of Christmas and um, families coming together. And um, I think for me, as we kind of talk about this, this is one that you know, if if you could give a message to firefighters that are out there working, and and you know, you have a family, you're a dad, you know, you've 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 got Jen, the first partner, your wife, and if you had a message to give to the firefighters that are going to be on the front lines during Christmas, doing the things they do, what would what would you want to tell them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, a big thank you for the sacrifice, being away from the family, and and putting yourself out there, that risk that's unseen every single day, moment to moment, you don't know what's going to happen. 
next, but also those guys that were out there day in and day out uh, and never got a break. And if they did get a break, it's a day or two. They're barely back with their family, barely catching up. Uh, and so just deep respect, deep gratitude, um, and you know, also an empathetic uh, recognition uh, that uh, you know that we you matter. We give a damn. We're paying attention. And we got to do more to have your backs and, and to support uh, uh, your family, support your career, and support your capacity to, to be resilient uh, with the backdrop of, of, of so much coming after you, at you in a time that's really unprecedented in our firefighting history. It, it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned the resilience piece because that is, um, that is now becoming a big part of the behavioral health discussion is resilience and and you know we really hit the backside with 542 and the presumptive piece um the peer support and the confidentiality is a little more, bit more geared toward the front side right. but i think we're going to see the discussion um really generate a lot towards the preventative and we're seeing that with the state board of fire services and some of the curriculum that's um, being developed and i would i would say just have that one in the back of your head that, you know, you, you may hear some more discussion on the, on the um, preventative side right. of the house. And we, it's funny because we, it's like 911, you call, we, we come, we're there. Whatever happens, we'll fix it. And, and it's, we've kind of hit that evolutionary point where we realize we have to do more on the preventative side of the house in the, in the area of preparation because we, as human beings, I'll just put it, we suck at it. We, yeah. gen we, just, we generally just find our problem and we go for it, right? And we make it better and we fix it. But we we're kind of realizing that the that you're, you're organic creatures. Yes, you're human. E exactly. Imagine that. They, Damn, what yeah. a horrible recognition that is, <laughs> dude. I'm more than human. No, it's. I mean, that's it. And it, hey, wellness. I mean, it's you know, like I said. I mean, it's uh, and it manifests. You don't take care of your brain, your mental health, man, that manifests in so many ways that are unseen, uh, but then have such an indelible impact on the people around you, the people you claim to love and care about. Uh, even if you're tough enough not to care about yourself, you should care about the people you love, which means you got to take care of your damn self. Yep. And it's about time we've, we've started to look at it all. And like you had mentioned your grandfather. Yeah. And a, a lot of this recognition really came out of the military uh, and 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 the work that is has been done there, and we're so much more fortunate for it. And and being able to discuss something that really ten years ago, there's no way we'd have this you discussion. No way. No wild. So well, you and but let's be honest, Brian, because of leadership, your leadership, uh, California. I mean, you guys are also way out front on this, just from a national prism as well. And love to say, look, it's a point of pride in California. Um, future happens here first, where America's coming attraction. And so we should always be pushing the envelope to lead, 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 stay on the leading and cutting edge, keep iterating. And uh, I think this, what was so significant to me, it goes back to your previous question of why it was important to sign that, those two, two bills in particular, is a recognition that not every state has enlightened leadership, union leadership. You know, where they're still stuck a little bit in the past. And once a mind is stretched, it never goes back to its original form. The fact that we did it here in California at scale, the fifth largest economy in the world, with all our power and prestige, uh, that makes it so much easier for these other states uh, and their leadership to say, you know what, they can do it. 
let's do a version ourselves. Well, we, we appreciate it. And, and it was, um, it was definitely a great partnership and, and a great day to get that, that package signed it professionally. Um, just thank you. It means, it One means bad a great for you deal too, to buddy. Us. That was your first damn year. At <laughs> Jesus, yes. what, what's your next act? I don't the know. You're coming up with next year. <laughs> um, what's the holidays look like at the Newsom household? <laughs> I've, uh, I got four kids. So it's, you know, it's, you know, right now it's, keeping the kids from getting my Amazon password and waking up with 300 <laughs> packages arriving. Jesus, they're at that age. Uh, it's awesome, though. It's fun. I mean, it's, it's uh, and through the lens, I mean, being governor with young kids, uh, what a gift that is. And, and to be able to, you know, it just, it, it completely realigns your, your, your experience and, uh, and to have them run around this house. Uh, we just decorated the, the governor's mansion with its history and have these kids bring over their friends. Uh, we're going to be sticking around here for the holidays, and uh, that's the way it should be. I'm looking forward to actually not being on Southwest. Yeah, I know how that feels lately. <laughs> not that I don't love Southwest. Actually, one of somebody yeah. told me, "Hey, I was just getting off a Southwest flight, and Governor Newsom was getting oh, off too." Man, trust me. I mean, I got, my, but I got my A-list status. You got now, it. Yeah, okay, I good. got it after good. fifty-four round trips this year. <laughs> Jesus. But know your tax dollars. I'm say, I'm not. I'm not one of those private plane guys. Yep. You know, I'm just well. saying. Now, if I ever am on a private plane, forgive me. But not. I'm not one of those guys. You never know. So have you gone up in one of the Blackhawks yet? Uh, no, I'm waiting. For, I can't wait for one of these things. We got in one of the C-130s, though, when we had to go down to the, the earthquake, um, which was just another powerful example of, I'll tell you, just the hand in glove that is the National Guard, mm -hmm. uh, CAL FIRE, local law enforcement, uh, broadly defined from our sheriffs, police uh, officers, to obviously all the local firefighters. Man, no one does it like California. No. I'm just a fact. I mean, I don't think that. I know that. And it's, yeah, I'm, it's a point of pride, but uh, it is an awesome thing to see over and over and over again. I remember being down there with Mayor Garcetti uh, down near the Getty Fire, and we had lunch with firefighters from, I think it was six or seven damn states uh, that were down there. And you'd think these guys were hanging out uh, for the last 25 years. I mean, it, it's an incredible thing to experience the mutual aid and the work you guys do together. So anyway, that uh, C-130 was an example of that because uh, just with all the different uniforms that were part of that experience, just to remind how, how great this country is and how great this damn state is. It's pretty amazing. And I remember traveling up to the car fire. It was actually the Jeremy Stokes funeral service, the fire yeah. that was killed up there, passing a strike team of five engines from Dallas, Texas. Right. And it, that... That should tell you how generally we go to other states. We don't generally bring folks in from out of state in California, and that kind of speaks to the level Magnitude, of, huh? of the wildfire uh, problem that we've had in a couple of years, last couple of years. Yep. You know, Governor Newsom, I, I want to thank you. Um, if there's anything else that, that you want to add, I know for us some of the things that, you know, we're going to be working on into the future. We talked a little bit about that before, some of the um, workers' comp um, tune-ups, um, starting to have a bigger and a broader discussion on cancer and cancer prevention. And then the big one, and you, we have talked about it both today and prior to that, is community paramedicine and, yep. and working with uh, Secretary Galley and Dr. Duncan to be able to bring something that is going to work for California to you for evaluation and hopefully signing. Uh, and to make sure we keep public safety public. 
Yes, that's a very big... Uh, it's a foundational core value yes. and principle, and that's fundamental as well. And that is one we'll be talking about at a different, <laughs> at a different time and probably a little bit more intense, but I appreciate that very yeah. much. And um, Governor Newsom, I just want to thank you um, for being on our podcast today. This is a CPF Firewire. It's a production of the California Professional Firefighters. Our producer is Ms. Farah Diani. Our engineer is Matt McDermott. And I'm Brian Rice. And until next month, we'll see you later. Everybody have uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And just wish all of our members in all of California listeners um, a really prosperous and healthy New Year. Thank you again, Governor Newsom. Great to be with you.